Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into the Fangs Out podcast brought to you by the Wide World of Wargaming. As always, I am your host, Vincent Morgado. Joining me as per the usual, as the usual Mr. Drew Bishop Sai. Hello there. And Mr. Jeff Wilder. Hello, everybody. And we are proud to be joined once again by the world champion of this galaxy and all other galaxies known or unknown, the man in the hat, Mr. Ollie Parknell. Hello there. Always a pleasure to have you on, sir, and thank you for blessing us with your time. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Just had uh, two weeks of Easter holidays. Uh, the the teaching police let me out for a break, and now I'm back into it as of, uh, what, like eight hours? So, yeah, it should be good fun. Nice. What have you uh, discovered? How has your experience been with the new toys? What has the 186 Ooh. Squadron done in terms Ooh. of dark sorcery? I'm not sure there's really much dark sorcery. Uh, I feel like the word disciplined will be mentioned a lot today. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's some kind of dark sorcery on its own. But apart from that, I've I've been having a lot of fun with the new A-Wings. I've also mm-hmm. been really enjoying Kanan. Uh, I feel like out of all three of them, if there was a if, if there was a one ship expansion pack, then I think it is the Kanan expansion pack for the scum. Uh, but I'm I'm curious about Y wings as well. I've been having some Y wing thoughts. It's just a shame that they're like they're definitely not at the top of the power curve. But I think there's a lot of fun stuff that people are going to find eventually from the new Y wings. So that's going to be cool. Yeah, we thought about unofficially naming this the Tierfon Belly Run podcast for about two weeks because me and Jeff are just <laughs> in love with that card. Yeah, it's so good, right? It's amazing. I mean. I'm not entirely sure it's good, but it, it's amazing. <laughs> Whether it's good or not, it's amazing. I, I think it gives, like, ace Y-Wings in every single faction are crying out for joy because they finally got a card that means they might just not get killed in a single round. It's true. quite nice. That is true. Yep. So, Drew, uh, we'll start with Drew just because he is our, our man with the most recent dice on the table. You uh, had a game earlier today against... The stupidest creation in the history of X-Wing, Darth Vader and the Defender. We will not go any further on that. Um, what was your list? How'd the game go? How do you? Well, you know, what were your feelings on it? Sure. So I was running Hera in the A-Wing, obviously, with um, yep. Thread Thread Tracers, Predator, and Crackshot. Um, never really got to use any of those, but we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yep, it's all right, it's all right. Um, and then I ran Wedge Without Maneuver in the A-Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is fast up and becoming my favorite ship out of the new uh, out of the new ones that we that we received, um, and then I ran a naked Jake, um, and then Sabine with cluster missiles, and Arvel with intimidation for full a uh, flat two hundred. So it's basically Arvel. the list that you and I wrote that one night, probably like what what was it about an hour after the show? Oh yeah, it was like eleven o'clock. I was so tired, yeah. but I was like, I gotta put this on the table. Are you sure Arvel was in that game? I thought you just had like a 30 <laughs> Oh, my heart. I, I, I got to be honest with you. In my heart of hearts, looking at it again, I should have boosted because uh, I I wouldn't have minded Vader getting range one on Sabine that turn when she had the focus and Hera would have mm-hmm. taken the evade if that was the case. I didn't boost with Arvel and Vader one shot. <laughs> Vader one shot Arvel. Uh, on the first engagement, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But then I tore yeah. all four shields off. Of, well, I tore all four shields off of um, Rack the turn previously, and then that turn I lost Arvel. I gave Hull Breach to Rack, and that was basically the end of the game. Yeah. So Rack even lived. He even lived around longer than he should have when he was sitting on that. When he was sitting on that gas cloud, but it didn't matter at that point. It was too late. Vader, yeah. Vader just couldn't. As weird as it sounds, Vader just couldn't put out damage enough damage to to get get the uh, points margin down. 
Yeah, yeah, the weirdest thing to me was I wanted Hera to sort of be my, like, pocket ace, and of course that sort of fell onto Wedge. Vader was very much ignoring him and trying to get shots on Sabine, trying to get shots on Hera, and Hera, especially near the very end of the game, just became like, oh, cool, so Vader took the initiative to make sure that Hera couldn't bump him. And so I was like, well, I know where Vader's going to be, so I know where Hera has to be to not get shot. Mm -hmm. And she basically turned into a token support, and she kept Sabine alive a lot longer than I thought she was going to. Uh, She gave Wedge double-modded shots multiple times. It was very, it was really cool, but I was also a little sad to see that. But I guess that's Hera's ability, right? She's supposed to do that. I Um, I think, honestly, if if Hera doesn't shoot for the entire game, that's absolutely fine. If she's doing her job, she just, every single turn, you get a token, you get a token. And if anyone's playing against her, um, if you can out-initiative her and make her scared to token up herself instead of being able to have free reign and full information to pass tokens to other things, that is the best way to shut Hera down, is have an enemy ace that moves after her so she can't do what she wants. Exactly, exactly. At 42 points, her just being there to pass tokens where they absolutely no, need to no, be. No, no, no. Both of you be quiet. But I mean, silence. I, I would love her to stay at 42 <laughs> points. She needs to go up and a token needs to come down. And if they if they yeah. meet somewhere in the middle, it'll be fine. Right? Um, but it was, a, it was a fun game to watch. Drew flew it really, really well after the Arvel thing and just didn't. Didn't make any mistakes at all. I thought that the, I thought the Empire player made a mistake mm-hmm. in not going after Wedge. Wedge yeah, is the only threat. threat to Vader, right? Yep. Um, and it's like you know. Well, was, I mean, you a, know, it was a fun game to watch. I though. got I got three shots off with Wedge, where Vader had one of agility, and Wedge only ever rolled one hit. And so I think after the third one, Vader was like, "Yeah, I don't need to worry about this guy." <laughs> but even yeah, so, is, no, you're absolutely I, I think after Hero, Wedge has got to be target threat number one in that list. He's he's just such a pain. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether he's initiative four or initiative six, that ability is just so good. So nothing is just exactly. porting him porting yeah. him down to yeah, initiative four ignoring. and taking away one of his red dice did nothing to change how much people hate him. <laughs> oh god, god no. Like <laughs> I mean, he had the, he got the evade token, yeah. right? Like it didn't even matter. And got, yeah, uh, and he got my you, favorite maneuver in X-wing. The blue too hard. Yeah, uh-huh, that, that's uh-huh. right. Yeah, B-wing B-wing should have that, I think. Um, yeah. So uh, it, the thing about Wedge in the A wing is, if you do ignore him and he's got outmaneuver, outmaneuver is expensive. Yeah. Don't give me rocks. That's, that's an expensive card. But if you ignore yeah. him, outmaneuver triggers every damn time. I mean, you just yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. He didn't do any damage, but like Drew said, he never yeah. rolled, he never rolled more than one but Wedge on isn't. Attack, yeah, so. like that's, that's the thing. The big thing. If you're running him without right. Outmaneuver as well, that's 35 points of money. Like, yeah. that's so cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw that you, I didn't watch the game, Ollie, but I saw that you did have a game with 5A. Yeah, so that that was a, that was a good game. Groups. Um, um, I thought I was going to get absolutely dumpstered in that game. I uh, uh, so good friend Chris Burnett lives down in the in the real south end of England. I'm I'm on the south coast, but he's like right in the corner in Cornwall. Um, and he loves Ray. He really likes Ray. And I was hoping that we would play mind games all week because we talk a lot. And he was like, right, I, he doesn't know what I'm going to fly. And uh, apparently, I scared him into flying his uh, his old faithful, which is Ray and Venny. Uh, and A-Wings don't like Ray. 
A-wings do not like something that can just hit them with five dice and kill them in one shot. So um, I was I was yeah, a little bit yeah. concerned, uh, but no that that game was that game's really really close. Uh, came down to about twelve separate final dice rolls over the course of ten minutes as uh both of us were chasing each other around the board it was wow. it was it was a really good game so i'd recommend watching it i'm not going to spoil the ending but yeah were you uh, no were you so i the awing list i've been running recently um i've favored going for a slightly bigger bid over the proton rockets um the five that i'm using uh are shara wedge and jake as the initiative fours and then hira and ahsoka and the only upgrade I've got is patience on Ahsoka. The purpose being the entire list operates around action sharing. So I might not have the big punch, but every single ship has the actions mm-hmm. where they need it. So they're boosting each other out the way. They're giving each other focus, evade, target lock. So they're all kind of helping each other out. Um, it's definitely not an aggressive list, uh, which is kind of me. Like It's definitely my style. But yeah, you can if you recycle them out, you're taking shields on one, you're taking shields on another. All the while, you're constantly chipping away at the enemy and uh, like weathering them down. So it's another style of list as opposed to just having the big punch of the... Because the initial thing that I did, I, I immediately put out Maneuver and Wedge as well and then realized 200, I really want to have a six-point bid. Hmm. So just... Just to clarify for people who may not get it, but Ahsoka spends two of her three fourths to give an action. If she's got patience, she can then give her action. If assuming you set things up yeah. right, she can give her action. Exactly. Single, and if it's that t- time where same thing as so. Hera, you go, you know what? This A-Wing is much more useful getting one of her buddies either to get a really good shot or out of trouble. So if you really need to two turns in a row, go, all right, I need to use Ahsoka's coordination ability. She's at range three. Her shot's not going to matter. I will take one dice to make sure that next turn I get to do exactly the same thing. How are you liking? How are you liking Shara? Have you been able to yeah. use her ability quite often in the A wing, or is it not? I know yeah. that. I know that. That sigh. I know what yeah. that means. The, the sigh <laughs> is her ability has been used maybe twice. More often at range three. Yeah. More often at range three. Um, but I think the best thing about her is she's a thirty-two point initiative four A wing, and I love Sabine, but at 37 points for an initiative three versus 32 for initiative four, I think in the style of the list, Shara is great at four. Um, funnily enough, she's almost like, um, she's not quite as bad at being bigs as wedges in the list, but she's almost like the bigs effect of uh, people go, oh crap, that, that ship can shoot four dice at me. I've got to kill it first, but she's the most disposable in the entire list. So yeah. And it, it's so hard to set up. I mean, it's just so difficult to, to. Uh, yeah, sure, I can take a target lock here, but if I do, I'm, I'm not. I, be, I find uh, I'm not going to be. Defensive. I find the most common so way that I, I get to leverage you know? Shara's ability is in the first or second engagement, where Jake gives her a focus into a boost. She will then do the blue move to grab the target lock. Um, so sort of the range two engagement, you're going, okay, this ship is a massive threat. You show your opponent that and they go, oh God, got to kill her. And then it's actually the other ones that end up winning the game because they spend half the game chasing Shara. Have you done any experimentation with, uh, not just running five A's? Like, have you done, uh, have you done any, you know, what the equivalent of alphabet squad where it's kind of two of one, one of the other, just the whole mixed bag. What have you seen there? 
Um, I've been having a few thoughts. I really want to try Jan and three or four. Um, I really like the idea of trying the four ship rebel. So you've got Wedge, Jan, and two A wings. Probably Jake and Hera, just as action passes. But I could see if you if you assume that Jake is the best action passer yep. in the yep. game. Then you could probably run an offensive A wing in there. Like I, I don't know which one of them you run. Maybe Sabine, because she's a pretty good blocker. So like intimidation proton rocket because Sabine can use her ability on proton rockets. She's the one A wing that can actually use her ability on the proton rockets. So you take the focus and you punch something. So maybe maybe that's a good way of getting some survivable damage. I don't know. Like there's um... oh. Because yeah, we saw, you, at, I saw you react at, when uh, Drew said cluster missiles. So we actually were, were talking about shot. that back when we were building that list, mm -hmm. and then, mm -hmm. like, basically, Drew did the same thing. He's like, "Wait, her ability works on cluster missiles," <laughs> and it's it's rebels yeah, yep, always it's, have yeah, a problem, okay, in my cool. opinion, with six, seven, and eight ship swarms. Even the five A's are going to have a problem with that list, and yeah, with I, I think running yeah. Hera and Sabine together, as long as you don't lose Sabine right away, which is, if you get caught at range two, it's very easy to lose her instantly. But she's actually, she's like Fed Rao. She's safer at range one against mm. the vast majority of shooting she's going to take. So you ram her down somebody's throat with a cluster missile. You make them mag mm -hmm. dump on her. She pro she has a good chance of getting through it. You know, yeah. if you bring in like a Jake to pass her an additional focus and then move Harris focus over, you essentially create this fulcrum point for the whole engagement. And it keeps, it not only it not only makes them direct all their fire at your lowest initiative ship, it protects everyone else who may not be more expensive, but at least is more valuable. Yep, yep. Yeah, and Will Haywood um, played against him, had a really good game against him in the Kyber Premier League. Unfortunately, I, I got a little bit unlucky, and I think I should have just carried on shooting Han, but I thought I could get a soaker off the board. Um, he was running Ahsoka and Hera with the regen Han with Kanan and Artu, uh, which is an interesting version. I did. I really disagreed with the idea of having the um, the vector cannons on the five and the six because I think you're taking too much away. But what he did have, which I thought was really good, was concussion missiles on Ahsoka, and I really underestimated how much damage the three dice backed up by force was doing. It's really good. Yeah, she just three times three turns a game. She's got a three dice gun, and actually, if you think about how often a ship shoots, that's it's about that much. What's your feeling on where Ahsoka belongs? I'm. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but that's why I'm here. I'm a little bit agnostic about Ahsoka in the five ship. Yeah. <laughs> um, I understand how good. I, I can I, see, I see how good she is. There's yeah, no sorry, question in my mind sorry. about that. But I honestly, and I'm, I'm still working on this because I have limited time to play X-Wing. I'm still working on some version of three ship with her, Luke, and probably Jan. Um, just because I feel hmm. like at 49, she's cheap enough to be a decent third offensive option while also allowing somebody like a Luke or maybe yeah. a Corrin to draw a lot of the aggro. And then you have Jan as sort of the swing piece where you're out, you're a buff ship, but then you're also your own three red die focus stacking gun. Um, I, I actually really like the, it's Ahsoka yeah. Harahan sounds dirty. That sounds fucking up. That sounds fucked up. It's, it's really good. I can't decide because I've been running it with uh, the triple yeah, sixes because yeah, yeah. you run wedge instead of a smoker in an X-Wing. So that. That yeah. Here at Wedge and Han. 
And I, I can't decide because I think with with Ahsoka, this is why I said I like the um, the concussion missile because I think mm-hmm. normally Ahsoka is not worth her points. Cool. Um, and I think at the moment she, she's really really good. Yeah. She is the best Rebel A wing, but I don't think she's worth the amount of points she is when you consider what other Rebel options you have because you're going to put upgrades on her. You're probably going to end up being wedge, and her problem is she isn't wedge. She doesn't do enough damage. She just survives. And at the moment, the Rebels don't actually have a good enough list that is based around surviving into the endgame because the meta is wrong for that. The Falcon is the only ship that does it well. Um, and I think this is where I'm having dash ideas because I think Hera with dash as a two ship maybe works. And I'm, I'm talking, this is going crazy here. This is like complete outside the box. But I, I feel like I feel like the only ship right now that is capable of dealing with the general environment around it, which is a lot of five and six ship lists, very beefy, lots of three agility. I think the proper double tap dash with Trickshot Outrider, all the toys, backed up by a hero with maybe instinctive aim and proton rockets, um, maybe like because you can fit all of the things on it. Just just try out a hero until we you do, find something. We do what you Sorry, Ahsoka, and, until you find something. Yeah. Um, also, one more special source um, is: Have you seen the Garvin Hero trick? Yeah, and then combine it with Jin oh, yes. So, <laughs> so, whenever, yeah, so basically, yeah, do you want to do this? Um, Garvin's ability is that whenever he spends a focus token, he's then allowed to pass it. Okay, Hera's ability is that. Anytime somebody else wants to use a focus token, she can pass it to them. So Hera can pass a well, can pass a focus to Garvin, who spends it, and then pass it back to Hera, and then she can do it again. And then you have Jinerso yeah. normally on what I would assume and, would be like Carl. Yeah. I assume Kyle Katarn <laughs> uh-huh. is. Yeah. Uh, you can run Kyle. You yeah. can run Jan. You can run a Ewing. Like whatever. The Rebels have got really, a lot of crew carries. Uh, if you wanted to take that next level, I would start with Kyle. Like, honestly, just because he would stay, Mm. you'd get a turret ship for a little bit of flank security. I mean, not that it's going to last very long if something big and heavy does come swinging around the side, but it's possible. Um, But he's also like, he's 33 points. Like, he fits into that. No, he's not. (laughs) Yeah, yep. yep. He's not 49 points. He's He's 33. Um, You've got to put Crow on a hawk. I I, I think you've got to put All you're doing is I I Um, would play. Kyle yeah. in that list literally Please like the moon me. to earth. Um, with Kyle, I know that Garvin passes focus like, tokens. I would just continue, like, <laughs> it would just be in orbit the entire game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think there is something there. And yes. I've, I've been seeing a lot of people start yes. to get uh-huh. this this kind of four ship. Like some people are using Kyle. There's a lot of people using the Garvin, the Hera. And obviously Hera with Jyn Erso is just ridiculous because like, right, have a look at your dice. What did you roll? Which token would you like? Pick a thing. I see. I um, see. And if, if okay, there is a way okay. of getting multiple tokens onto Hera, obviously, then she becomes truly obnoxious. Because if you can get two focus tokens on her with oh. Jin in the list, then she just like, yeah. Every, mm-hmm. and, and that's the reason why Kyle is good. So, because when Hera ends up with two focus tokens that could be evades... What? then yeah what would what do you like what would your list like to do apart from target yeah. lock with everything and then say everything cool except I the hawk know probably it. has three of eight um, dice right and whatever's shooting at you is literally going to start yeah. pulling out yeah. 
is going to start ripping its own fingernails out. Good, Jeff, you were going to jump in. I heard you. Yeah, and then you've yeah. Yeah, yep, I agree. I, I, I was just curious what you guys think of um, what you guys think. Uh, now I lost it. You're going to need to edit that out. What was I going to ask? We were talking about um, we we're talking about the warship, Kyle. Um, so we had we had Garvin. Yeah, I can't um, what I was going to ask. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to point out that the reason that that is so great is oh, okay, I, I caught it again. Okay. So the reason that Garvin is so great with Hera is that Garvin's big thing <laughs> of uh-huh. he doesn't get to pass the focus unless he has gets an eyeball is is mitigated because if he doesn't yeah. roll an eyeball, yeah. then Hera just doesn't give him the focus, right? And, and that's that's a big deal, you know. They kind yeah. of neutered Garvin in second edition, unfortunately, but uh, but Hera mitigates it. So do you guys think that Hera's so? When Hera came out, when Hera's ability was announced, I was on record. I was like, this is how it works. Yeah. She does this whenever she wants to do it. And there were a lot of people <laughs> saying, no, that can't possibly be right. Um, yeah, but, the way it's but it's just the way that it's written, the, the, the way it's written, that is the way it works. So, do you guys think that was intentional? Especially, so I looked, especially given 42 points. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I looked at it and thought there's great. no way they can mean that. Like when we, when the card got revealed, it's like, okay, it's written as the if Hawk. you can do it anytime. That yeah, seems ridiculously other, um... bonkers good. Someone's going to see sense here and say, no, you no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed the nice toy. It's like, it's good, but it's not that good. And then suddenly we get an errata from all that I can assume is someone in the background uh, like a Max or on his way out, because this was still FFG's baby. So I would assume that someone on the team has emailed one of the judges and said, no, this is the way that we intended it. You should rule it this way. Because I, I think D was going to rule it the way that Vince was saying, because just for the health of the game and everything else, I think he was just like, well, this seems really good. Which way did they intend it? We don't know. I'm going to rule it this way until I get a judgment. And then I think he did get a judgment from somewhere, which is why it's now as it is on the card and you can use it anytime. Yeah. And I mean, it is in not only is it good, on, not only is it, it only is an A wing, it's also only right. like it's it, only it, a focus not... token. Like it is only a focus or evade, meaning that, you know, it's it's yeah okay. target locks too or anytime lock, right? I, I always forget <laughs> she can pass I, a target lock the and lock then is the one lock. that i always forget works but yeah. you got to remember that if you're running it in a five ship list you're really buffing like a two die shot and it's you know more often than not and if you put it in a four ship list like even mm-hmm. just because of the rest of rebels around it you're really not talking about buffing anything more dangerous and not to you know I don't want to take anything away from saying that, that like wedge with a proton torpedo will fuck you up, but that really is like the most dangerous thing that you're going to see Hera pass a focus token to. So, and this, this is why I've been looking at like the A-wing list and the fitting Jin into a list, because I actually think that Hera is much more useful defensively uh, because her real strength. Uh, so A-Wing, uh, talk about competitive for a second. If we're thinking about 
the reason why you put ships into certain situations it's because you more or less know the expected damage output i'm going to joust you in this situation because this is what the damage is going to happen suddenly you have this external factor moving after all of your ships have made their decisions you go cool well i want to come out on top of this trade so here's an evade token that wasn't there before so your information is now wrong that you made your choices on and that that gives yep, me an advantage, yep. and I think that's the reason <laughs> she's so strong, is because it allows players that understands the swing points in a game. So where where on the board at any point do I need to swing it back into my favor? Yes. And I think here it allows you to do that in a lot of situations. Yeah, Hera is perfect information on yeah, actions exactly. as opposed to perfect information on movement. Yeah, and I, I really uh, do think that she should be errated because I, I actually really like her at 42 points if she works how I, I think that she should, which is you have to make that decision before you see the dice. She's still super strong. It still allows you in a bad situation to go, here's an evade token. You're probably going to need this, but it doesn't allow you to go, oh, but you didn't need it. So here we go. It's over there now. So and and you think that in the the world of today and extended, you think her ability really is that powerful that once figured out and once the once the steel has been tempered, um, this is going to be problematic. Yeah, that's the important thing. I think I think it turns rebels into a top tier faction. Her as a ship will turn rebels into a top tier faction. I think it. Watching the two games on the on three one two today, um, Drew and Isaiah. Isaiah ran Hera, and it was just, I mean, you've got a Vader defender who's rolling three hits, Natty every shot, and he was doing yeah. no damage. One shield to Wedge, one shield to Ahsoka, and that was largely due to yeah. Hera. And it's it's turning it into an environment where the way to win the game is to shoot something with a double modded shot, force Hera to pass the evade, and then everything else in your list shoots the range 3A wing that is technically the wrong target, but now doesn't have a token and is the correct choice. And once you get her off, you can play the game. I do think, I don't think she survives a points change. I think she should probably go to maybe like 43 or 44. Like it it shouldn't be too much. Yeah, one or two. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I personally think she's a, she's a forty five or forty six, and and yeah, I can see that. Amount. I can see her going to a to a forty five safely. Like forty five, I think is a safe bet. But yeah. Now we uh we did talk about you know you you said that you think the best single ship expansion out of all this is something that we've already had our little panic session about. Um, that was actually if you want to yeah. Ollie, if you want to go listen to some people freak the fuck out over a ship, go listen to me, Drew, and Nick Sperry talk about all the bullshit you could get away with with Kane and Jarrus. Um, what have you seen yeah. as far as him on the table? What's your ideal build for him? Is he is he the best single pilot that came out of all three of those? those cases when i when i originally looked at all the abilities kanan really worried me um i i think he was he was my panic ship out of everything i think he is now tied with i i think honestly there is there is a tie an even tie on the top pilots between all of all of the new things i think um here in the a-wing uh i think nash windrider who i assume we'll get to in a second oh, we'll get there uh is Mm-hmm. is that good in the interceptor uh and i also think that yeah kanan those three are the top of the pile um i think kanan is that good but i think at the moment we are saved from the wrath <laughs> of the devil that is kanan 
by again the meta game that we're living in uh if we were in the same meta game as we were playing at worlds 2019 for example i think he would have stomped the entire yeah. thing because only droids yep. could have stopped him i agree that's literally the only well, thing uh, your, yep, your list does not survive your list from worlds does not survive a canon meta oh, not no. even remotely nope it gets it yep. gets steamrolled it's like cool you you wanted to kill yep. no not because between the passive sensors on whisper the the lock requirement from vader the force lock almost always coming out of the grand inquisitor when he wanted to go on offense every time you try to shoot at mm. anyone that isn't kanan you lose a die and when you try to shoot at kanan you yep. get jammed into oblivion and then you lose a die yeah because it's like oh cool Do you, have you heard of our lord and savior of course transponder code <laughs> Yep, exactly. I was just about to mention yep. that. I was like, where, where, well, where was, is that uh, in the, uh, the jam. That that's, long that's the jam part. Oh. Yeah. And yep. what I've been doing with him. Yeah. <laughs> I've been running it on Ray for like right? three months. It's bonkers broken. It's so ridiculous <laughs> on a Falcon. Like, oh, oh my God. But I think what's what's really interesting, and I think this is the reason why it would be breaking the entire game if we weren't in a five ship plus common theme is the ability to either put hate or patience on Kanan. Um, and I think both of those upgrades, I, I can't decide which is better. And I think it depends. Hate is really good if you think he's going to be the prime target. So if you're running him in a three ship list, I think you should put hate on Kanan. If you're running him in a four or five plus with Kanan being the support of the rest, I think patience is actually really good, assuming that you've got more on him here for the two force points. Because where Kanan really shines with patience is where he's protecting his friends. Because every single turn, he just sacrifices a three dice gun down to a two dice gun and says, cool, I'm just going to take a two dice gun shot. But I have two force points every turn. So Kanan, I mean, are you not saying that Kanan with patience should forego Moldy Crow? No, because with Moldy Crow, he still gets a shot. And if he's at range one, it's a three dice gun with a focus token and possibly a target lock. I I think if if you're going to be spending the amount of points on Kanan that you do when you put Maul on him, I think he needs to be an effective ship on his own. And especially in the first engagement, he isn't doing patience, so he's still the three dice primary in the first engagement. Not every single turn do you have mm -hmm, to use patience. Mm -hmm. It's only when there's yeah. a lot of threat in your other ships. I, I reckon I would use patience 50% of turns. But that, um, I mean, that, that's what, an 80-point Kanan? Uh, 77 if you put all of the real upgrades on him, because he needs to run with engine upgrade, he needs to run with force transponders, he needs patience, he needs more. So 77 it, It's also a testament much, to just how good Kanan's ability is with that second force from Maul. Like, this ship is something you it is worth investing in even not, even with multiple again uh, player's other, choice you know, depends what you're running with i think if you're running him with a lot of ships then maul and kanan is uh, maul yep. and patience is great if you're running him with less ships something like gleb and making him a coordinate monkey for say boba fett seems pretty good boba fett with coordinates and kanan uh -huh. Do you see 77 points put into an initiative three small ship? Yeah, it's true, though. But I mean, every time. <laughs> well, well, no, but is it, though? Because every every time every time Kanan gets attacked, right, and he uses his ability, doesn't that mean your hole and shield upgrades go up? Because you're essentially negating a dice, right? Like, Yeah. And if, as you're saying, if if especially right. if we have a look at expected damage, because how often does a shot only do one damage? So if you're reducing 
exactly. So the amount of times you use Kanan per game is essentially a hull upgrade. I mean, it's it's not every single time, but say for example, like half of the shots do damage. If you use Kanan twice a turn for four turns, that is four hull upgrades on your ship. That is twenty points mm-hmm. in the next wing list. That is what's uh, what seven times four? That is twenty eight points in a three agility ship list. So if you want to transition it into how much it actually is in game terms, well, yep. sure, I'll spend 77 points on that ship. It might not be doing damage. Because but... you'll get it back in three turns. Yeah. You'll get it back in exactly. three turns. That's actual <laughs> madness. My eyes got really big. You just can't tell because I have a big head. Um, <laughs> Protectorate Gleb has uh, become the target of some controversy mm-hmm. uh, because not only is he borderline ridiculous himself, um, but there's a little bit of a question as to this came up with Hondo. I think if I remember correctly, like your ability to uh, coordinate enemy ships. Yeah. Um, what is your feeling on that? Has that in your mind been settled? Give us your stance on Glenn. Um In the semblance of I would like to play a game that is fun and my opponent and I actually get to make decisions in, I'm really glad that Gleb isn't allowed to coordinate your own ships. I think the intention was clear. He's only two points. If you want him to coordinate enemy ships, make him 10 and maybe more. Um, but it's the idea that you can suddenly immediately double stress a ship. Like for those of you who played yep. 1.0, yep. you remember stress bot. They're, no, you don't want to play in that world. Trust me. Okay, so explain it to those of us who haven't taken a, a really close look. So at the essentially, the, the idea is when you read the Gleb card, there was some ambiguity over whether or not he was allowed to, as with Hondo, coordinate enemy ships. And the point of the Gleb card is that you can choose when you do that red coordinate action to pass either a red or an orange token over to an enemy if you're coordinating the enemy. So if you have a way of getting a disarm token onto your ship with Gleb, you can pass them a disarm token and prevent them shooting. If you have a way to pass a jam token, you can double jam them, you can single jam them, depends if you've got false transponders, whatever. Um, or you can just double stress Centero every single turn of the game because you go, oh, cool, I'm going to coordinate you now and I'm going to coordinate you a boost towards the board edge before you do your move. Uh, sorry, you can't double stress because they would have to do a red after. That's I'm lying. But you can coordinate them towards the board edge before they move and then get them to fly off the board. So no. I'm still lying. <laughs> yeah, I, when I started... why is there a why is there the idea in the first place that he can coordinate enemy ships? Uh, yeah, I I know. Like I don't agree with it. I don't know where people have got this, but also no, you're not allowed to rules rules lawyer that. It's a bad idea. Okay. I, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for introducing some sanity to an otherwise ri- utterly ridiculous debate as far as that card. Um, I, so. Oh, yeah. I thought it just went. If you honestly want to set this game on fire, you start allowing, you know, complete. That's not even like a reading of the rules. That's you've actually taken an additional sentence the, and just stapled it so onto the, the top the of the reason, card. Yep. And just, just to clarify, because this came out when Hondo came out as well, the idea that whether or not yeah, you exactly. can coordinate an enemy ship it's hidden really deep in the faqs but it is there i can't remember i can't be bothered honestly to go because i i had to prove this to someone when when i played honda at one point that it didn't work on enemy ships that you can't hondo enemy ships um and i the reason people want to do it is because you go oh cool that seems like a really nasty thing to do playing in the competitive spirit i want to use that to my advantage and that's fair 
I looked at Hondo for that reason originally. It was like, oh God, can you jam up enemy ships as long as you coordinate? Yeah, yeah that seems really good. But no, the the idea is essentially that is too powerful. There is a reason it was written out of the rules in the first place, because as soon as coordinate came out, people were concerned about being boosted towards the edge of the board and then your opponent flying off the board. It's the same reason as they changed the wording on handing your dial to an opponent when you dial in a red move when stressed, because as soon as debris clouds came into the game, you could stress an opponent before they do a K turn and then they would have to hand you their dial and you could fly them off the board because that's how that would have worked if you got it in the right place. And again, that's not a very fun way to play the game. FFG have decided on a few uh, few occasions that they wanted to remove the yep. ha, gotcha moments. Same thing as the upstone shuttles just being halfway across the board. Another one of those things that will forever live in infamy is the what the fuck were you thinking moments. I just, um, you know, speaking, speaking of well, somebody who oh. is trained like literally went to school for three years to find ways to fuck with rules. He is our own personal in-house this, rule lawyer. It, it, just, it, it hurts my soul that people go to these links to, mm. to make the game unfun for the people they're playing against. And I know that the, I know that the, the standard response to that was, well, in a competitive environment, it's competitive. Mm. You yep. take every advantage you can. You just don't, though. You don't take every advantage you can. You know, if you do, you're a dick. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just so, that's so weird to me. I'm looking at, um, put it, piecing this all together now, and it's just yeah. so crazy. It's it's for the same reason that technically uh, before, and, and this, you know, like the warnings points came in for both players. If uh, phases were missed, they made it uh, essential that phases weren't missed. Because technically... If you were playing X-Wing to the like to the epitome, if you were to assume that just like a magic, you're trying to create instances where people can make a mistake and miss something by playing so fast or by talking to your opponent, then if you were just constantly talking at him and distracting him, you could get him to mm -hmm. miss ship activations, to miss action activations, and then you go, oh, you missed that, you can't go back. And that's a, that's a thing that happens in magic at a competitive level because there's money involved, and you play, yeah, and players train themselves to not get caught out by those slips and they will actively not talk to their opponent just like in poker because there's those players that are constantly chatting to try and slip you up and x-wing is a game that doesn't involve money and mm -hmm. is has a really nice community so thankfully we haven't got to that stage yeah yeah it's uh unfortunate how you know stuff like that enters into a game and then once it takes root you cannot yeah, get it out like you will almost never excise bullshit of that kind once it enters into a community's. Once yeah, it's accepted, one does it, and then because they've done accessible. it, everyone else has to do it. Right. Yeah. What, what's yep. interesting though is that X-wing has actually proven proven a bit of an exception to that. So you know, I go all the way back to the beginning <laughs> of X-wing, and uh, you guys may or may not remember that uh, you. Uh, what was it? It was. There was this this thing with heavy, just an example of, of the way that things can change. Hmm. Heavy laser cannon back in 1E was, the was you weren't supposed to be able to roll crits with it. Yeah. All right. So the community had this thing where they all got together. And then if a they decided, the community decided, I, I was on the other side of this, but, you know, overruled, 
the community decided a re-roll is different from a roll. Oh, this one. Yeah. Um, you can, yeah. you can, I, you can I roll crits on that, right? And it was like, it was, it was fine. It wasn't going to break anything. It wasn't anything like that. All you could really do is crit fish. But X-Wing sort of pulled, has pulled back from the brink of those, those changes that are, those changes that go against what is fun for your opponent. Like mm. handing the, your opponent the dial, Ali mentioned. Yeah. X-Wing did pull back from that. And there were reasons for it. Uh, but X-Wing was, was always, they were always considering a way to do that other than handing your opponent your dial. Hmm. You know, um, and and I really I like that about the community that the community in X Wing has, believe it or not, has significantly eased up hmm. from the way that it used to be. I think what's what's really interesting in that, and I, I think it's nice to see a precedence being set by the the company as well in that regard, because I'm going to go back to the um, triple jump master example, uh, not jump master, the triple um, upsilon example. Um, because it's the most recent and relevant. FF, FFG decided to get that out of the game by points, basically killing it with points. But the reason they did that was not because it was a ridiculously broken competitive list. The best players beat it on a regular basis, but they got rid of it because it wasn't encouraging people to play the game yep. because the middle to lower tier of player just wouldn't enjoy a game against it. So if the company takes its decision, okay, no, we want to encourage a game that is not only competitive, but also fun to play. Uh, I think that's a really good step in the right direction. And both the, the community is mirroring the company and the company is then, is does the company then mirror the community? I feel like that's what's going on. I think it's a feedback loop. I do. I think yeah. you're right about that. And it's really good to see AMG following in that. I feel like the contact with players has been along those lines. Yeah, I, I I agree with Jeff in that I think it's it's symbiotic. Like, play we have to be we have to be willing to tell you know Daddy that you know look this is bullshit. You know we we want no part of this. You are actively killing our enjoyment of this game, and right. then they have to be willing to go no, you're wrong. Yeah. Or okay, we hear you. You know sometimes we're wrong. Yeah. Sometimes the community just <laughs> you know we miss the boat on something and we I mean, scream and shout. I'm an expert on this. Uh, we scream and shout that something's broken. Um, and we panic and we run around like chickens with our head cuts off. And then three months later, we're like, Oh, all right. Well, it was bad, but you yeah. know, it wasn't that bad. You know, we kind of survived it or, you know, they just slapped like a one or two point tweak on it and it goes away for a little while. And you know, it, it I would say that it has to start, in my opinion, this whole that that whole relationship has to come from them down to us. Because if they go the old forty, mm. like the old Games Workshop route, and I haven't, I don't think I've name dropped GW on this show in a couple <laughs> weeks, so I'm just getting my quota. Um, if they had just gone the old way that GW used mm. to and just left us, and so they're like, "We yeah. build models. Yeah. Here's your game," you know, this this. This kind of shit, the protector and Gleb shit, the triple upsilon shit, knocks out sixty percent of the sixty percent of the yeah. players probably. In a couple weeks. But on the other hand, Sorry. there's yeah. also it does come from the players as well because it used to be people were not only willing to abuse the measure for target lock rules, yeah, not only willing to abuse it, but willing to, to argue yep. that it, that they should yeah. be, be able to abuse it and that it was. 
that they be able. Well, I mean, to, that's just that's gamers. I know, that's but, every, that, but that's, that's my gamers, point. That's the X Wing community has pulled back from that kind of attitude yeah. toward the game, and and that's in, that's very encouraging to me because I was like, look, man, there's a reason that there are rules against abusing the rules, right? Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to spell out every possible way in which you can abuse the rules. If you're abusing the rules, you're breaking them. It's really and, interesting. And the X-Wing community has begun acknowledging that. And, and it's, I, I just, I really, I watch these players on stream and the players are so freaking decent to each other now, the way that they didn't used to be. And, and I just like it. I'm not, I'm not Mr. Care Bear, so you know yeah. people are probably tuning out. Like, why is Jeff not ranting about people? But uh, yeah. but I, I'm really encouraged by it. I think I think a big shout out yeah. to um, to the judges goes a long way there as well, because obviously the, these rules are in play. Like the no finger measuring barrel rolls, for example, that's a good example of something that the rules document brought in, but that has to be enforced by the judges. And I think they do it in a really good way. And as well as that, even if we don't have an official ruling, I know we've got like our, our judge net uh, that sort of presides yeah, yep, over everything. Yep. And I know a lot, I know a lot of Illuminati. people. They, I know, right? A, a lot of people. The Lizard Overlord Council. Yeah, they, they're resented by a lot of corners. But actually, I think they do a really good job of just keeping the game straight and narrow and going, no, this is, we're trying to keep this as fair and wholesome as possible. And like, if, if I raise an eyebrow at someone who's doing obvious, like, oh, how far is it to that rock while I'm measuring your target lock? Like, I'll, I'll mention it again. It's like, come on, you can't eyeball that. Like, especially if it's at a decent level. Um, mm -hmm. Me doing that won't make someone stop. But someone coming over and just tapping them on the shoulder and say, sorry, you're not actually allowed to measure with your finger next to your ship. That's, that's against the rules. Uh, just being fair and honest, I will eject you from the tournament, but I'm not being mean to you. This is just a rule. And that therefore encourages the warning system that they put in place that. for tournaments too also helps with that. Although that yeah. is of course on a very competitive level. And if someone is doing that at mm. that level of an event, right, then you know that they know they shouldn't be doing it. Right. But I love that it's in the rules anyways, to help keep things straight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I I don't want to... Okay, before I mass... I'm going to say slow play and leave it at that because that needs to be fixed somehow. Like, I, I abuse it, but that needs to be fixed. I'm going <laughs> to swerve... I'm going to swerve us back. It. Yeah. I, I, like, you, yeah. you change pace of play based on how you're doing in the game. That is something that every single good player does. The level at which you do that is where is the line? So anyway, uh, but going going back onto that and onto uh, onto cards, do we want to move on? Do, have we finished with scum, or is there more stuff that we want to talk about in scum? I, I mean, what else is in scum? That's <laughs> other than the Tearfod belly rub. Which <laughs> how often have you guys seen Cutthroat? I know Vince and and Jeff. I I haven't. Yeah, seen I haven't it seen yet. it either. We we're worried about that, but. I keep on having cutthroat ideas. I think most of my cutthroat ideas revolve around FTC. Yep. Uh, of course. And the jams. But also, I think there's a lot of cool stuff that, like, uh, I think cutthroat on something with advanced protons could be really cool. Um, because I th say, for, say, for example, you've got a relatively cheap... Um, again, com coming with Gleb, you've got something like Nom Lum. I can't think of a better example, but Nom Lum doesn't have an EPT. But if something like that with a ability to get off a target lock 
that isn't clearly the first target in a list. And then you have your, like, say, Bosk that always dies first. Uh, cool. You've got to shoot Bosk. But when you shoot Bosk and kill Bosk, I get my protons back and I'm going to hit you again with another five dice cannon. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we're going to see it in that there is a relatively squishy but terrifying, like something like Talonbane or Cavill, all of these ships that we know are going to die. But then the rest of the list gets another proton back or gets something back that could be mm -hmm. really useful. I think we're going to see it used there. Isn't there one of the uh, one of the Sikhs is hmm. renowned as a, as a low mid tier yep. torpedo carrier. Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah. And Jasper. Uh, yeah, but that's that's because I... she can get her torpedo back. Yep. Oh, right. Naturally, and now Cutthroat allows things to do that without. So I think you're going to see some mid tier. Yeah, some pe someone's going to work out a mid tier torpedo list or something with like. I don't think contraband is the place for it. Yep. Yeah, Prockets is great. It was a jet. Or or what was the one that we that um that nickname dropped on here? Was it the Boba Fett stealth device? Yeah, Boba Fett oh, stealth. God. Yep. Oh yes, stealth. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. That's you. Like if, if you go perceptive co-pilot, uh, Boba Fett stealth device, and you have like a awesome. like a gargore flying around, like <laughs> you know, uh, fuck fearless, dude. I don't even need it. I like I'm just gonna reroll my way out of everything, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, cutless, cut, uh, cutless, cutless, cutthroat is the cutthroat, what? cutthroat is the is the um, faction card that is going to take people time to unlock. Disciplined is the one that people already unlock. Yeah, hopeful <laughs> is the one that just isn't as good as yeah. you know, oh, as you so like it to be. You wish. I think um, I like hopeful but, the way it is. I, I, it's it's not as good as disciplined. It's not going to be the same. You know very appropriate scummy bullshit that that cutthroat is going to be but you're going to put hopeful on one or two ships in a list because it's rebels everybody dies eventually yeah and you're going to get that one booster that one focus that you didn't have before and yeah. you're going to hope that it wins you the game i tell you what someone that loves hopeful i'm not going to tell you the list because i've been uh, i've been i'm curious about this one i think it could that be genuinely good but lieutenant blount is a really good place for hopeful. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean my yeah. favorite ship in X-Wing? Like, Z95 <laughs> with a focus and a target lock already that suddenly gets a boost when something dies. That could be really good. I'm going to throw my the neck cheapest, out. Cheapest X-Wing in the game, right? <laughs> Almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. Uh, or Nora. Yeah. Nora and a there's, Y-Wing would fucking a lot of adore arcs. Uh, hopeful. Arcs with... Arcs. Oh... <laughs> There's there's a lot of ships that could actually like if you're playing the right lists. Same thing with Khan. Khan with hopeful. <laughs> oh, I think that was the, that was the big uh, thing. We, we talked about it. We talked about it though. Yeah. It's, it's the problem is that hopeful costs the same as this yeah. one. Uh, that's that's the problem. Hopeful is fine at one point. It's a it's a fine card. I think it'll find places like you guys said. It's just discipline so much better for a while. I want to get two in real quick, and then we'll jump over to discipline. This might go a little bit past an hour. I do apologize, but you know me. Uh, number one is Gamut Key. Mm -hmm. This is Drew's Bet Noir out of that list. He hates it. He thinks it's undercosted and too powerful. Yep. Go. Don't think it's undercosted, but is very good. Uh, people haven't quite yet worked out how good a double reinforced Bosk is. They will. Someone will do it to them. It'll be horrible. Um, also, double reinforced Bobber. That's terrifying. 
Um, so, you know, there's, there's, yeah, that's a thing that you can do. Um, <laughs> there are, there are things out there that do make it good. However, it's too forward facing at the moment. I think someone is going to make a really good gamut key list with tractor beam tokens or, uh, disarm tokens because you can do it to enemy ships. Remember yep. that. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. so I think, I think there's going to be some really good ways of using him. It's going to be one of those weird janky scum lists that actually does really well. Um, alternatively, it might just be like a three-ship Bosk joust your face and you can never kill him. Uh, I'm not sure, but there is an efficiency list in there And that's been going around. My first thought my first thought on Gamma Key was actually uh, the Shadowcaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was just keep, like, you will never get rid of them. I'm going to reduce your agility by one or two the entire game. You cannot escape. Please enjoy rolling one or zero green dice. Yeah, exactly. Forever. Exactly. That was that was just my first impulse. Um, Boss with reinforce, I am terrified of because that ship is mathematically ridiculous. Uh, with twelve hole, twelve hole, and a guaranteed evade, yeah, it's just fucking stupid. Um, about the only thing that would scare that would be like the Marcel Manzano quad rockets. Like yeah. that's about the only thing that you could maybe get a chance of getting rid of him before he murders you. Um, yeah, but, but other than isn't the- there already if if uh, Shadowcaster with making tractors hang around were going to be a thing, isn't there already an upgrade that? Yeah, does there that? is, and I think that's where I think what's what's going to be the case is that it's going to be in a list where there is your enemy gets a token um, that might stick, or yeah, I, th- I think it, it's linked to the mm-hmm. fact that you can put it on Bosk uh, with that massive arc. And you don't have to put it on. Exactly. You don't have to put it on the Shadowcaster, which can be easily avoided. Yep. Um, I think that might be why, because you could, yeah, you could already do it, but it was linked to having a, yeah. There, are, some things are good, some things are bad. I think it's going to help as opposed to being the key point of the list. I think the double reinforce or a focus into a target lock is going to be the key. And then, of course, uh, I, we haven't had you on for a very long time, so we haven't had a chance to uh, go over some of the older favorites uh, that have popped up recently. What's your opinion on Zam crew versus ship? I'm I'm out. Just briefly. Uh, I thought you wanted me to keep this short. Um, so... Oh no! Oh no! I, I want. I'm going to milk you for all it, for all this fucking words. Bro. Right. I want. To, like, I get you once every three months. You're on for the for the long haul. <laughs> why is that card? Why is that card four points? Why is that crew yep. card four points? Any idea why a double tapping ability is only four points? Um, yeah, I mean, why is it? Why did they make it four chars? <laughs> I mean, the ship, the ship itself is ridiculous. The ship itself is incredible. Um, the fact that Zam is cheaper than Django. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, is it, is she cheaper than Django? I keep, keep talking, keep talking. Yeah, I got you. Stand by. I got you. Yeah. She is three points cheaper. Fire spray. Three points cheaper. Um, fuck. Yeah. So, uh, but and can start at the start of the game. She can double tap more. Like I could understand if there was four charges and she started with zero, that would be acceptable for being cheaper than Django. But the fact that she comes in on a double tap is just horrible. Uh, yeah, I think that Zam is probably the most undercosted card in the game right now, and that says a lot when FTC has two points. Um, yeah, I. I, I think she deserves to be in the game because she's opened up a lot of really exciting scum options, but make her eight. That card needs to at least double. Like, mm. at least. 
possibly uh, 10 because like Zam is i mean i mean if i told you that zam was 10 you'd still use zam right so how cheap would there would there would at least be a question if she were 10 yeah. like 10 points is a lot yeah. and also that's a while we're on the subject of um cas things that are too cheap uh dooku crew now that thermal detonators exist up yep. up up yeah. 100%. It was yeah. fine. Until... Dooku Crew was all, like, yeah. Dooku Crew, I think, was already too cheap. Um, I don't think having in a, in a I, vacuum. I'm of the opinion that having that more options making you better doesn't mean that you were you were undercosted already. It just means that you're better now. I'm I'm happy with where Dooku Crew was in the faction he was living in because he had very very few crew opportunities. What you need to remember yeah. is that you just gave that faction a fire spray, and we already know what happened the last time you gave a fire spray a force point. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Yep. And a crew slot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's almost a, as if and a crew slot, Ugh. and uh, and a, and an EPT, and 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 and. You, and... you know that wonderful, <laughs> wonderful moment when Boba got nerfed, and then you just get newt gunray just going it's getting out of hand now there's two of them <laughs> all the all the boba uh, all the boba um yeah. what was the what was the other one the aim all the boba aim players just yeah, flew over like, to see I'm, I'm now a droid player <laughs> but i mean aimon is aimon is wholesome yeah. I think I think the summary on Zam is we've been aware for a very long time with Dengar how powerful double taps are. Like they're so incredibly good. And the what baffles me is you price the defender chassis at such a point with the double tapping cannons you price the b-wing chassis at such a point with the double tapping cannons because you've learned your mistakes from 1.0 and you understand the fact that making a double tap defender cheap is a bad idea so you have to cost it appropriately and it's better to go in high and then lower it which is what they've done and that's fine because i think some people are still using the double tapping defender and then you go and make a four point crew card that allows every single scum ship to do it oh yeah <laughs> And it's then it's the not other... just undercosted. It's the the card is so overwritten that a lot of sophisticated mm. opponents are going to yeah. just be. I can't keep this straight, and by, I'm not. I'm completely talking yeah. about myself here. I can't keep this straight. I even though you've only paid a, a, a pittance for this card, and it's ex extremely good. I still have to completely trust you on, yeah. <laughs> uh, on what you know. I, I just I can't I, I can't deal with it. It's the most overwritten, hmm. worst designed card that X Wing the X Wing second edition has had, in my opinion. It's my Zam is is my uh, Vader for. Ben I honestly Benz. think that Zam <laughs> is the first card I've seen in a since the start of two that could get the Luke treatment, the Luke Gunner treatment. Right. I feel like just price they may just go, cool, this card is really fun, but you're not allowed it in a good list. And if you use it in a good list, well, congratulations to you. Well done. That's that's because you're good at list building. You're a good pilot. We saw Jack Mooney do it with, because um, realistically, I don't think it was the, uh, 
I, I know that Slave One is amazing. I know that um, inertial dampeners are amazing. But let's be honest, it wasn't the inertial dampeners that made that list absolutely bonkers broken. It was Luke yep. Gunner because he can shoot anyone from anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just he managed to make a list that was good enough to allow Luke Gunner to shine. Um, and he's a good enough pilot to do it because screw, screw me, I can't. Like, I, I fly fucking really well and I still well, can't do that. He's... Because I'm pretty sure Jack Mooney's like bedroom is actually the cockpit. I mean, of the he is like, that, that man is Han Solo personified. He will fly Han and Jake until he dies. <laughs> he has not flown anything else in five years. Like I don't understand. <laughs> All right, um, we have arrived out at the moment uh, that we have all been waiting for. Do we want to? Let's do Nash, and then we will spend the rest of whatever time we have left. We'll just uh, we'll all have fun. Talking yeah. about this, uh, well, I'll, I'll start with Nash, and then there's a other couple of cool interceptors. I think Nash is <laughs> the hilarity is is that Fell's Wrath in 1.0 was probably the worst interceptor there was, and now he is the best interceptor, possibly the best pilot in the Imperial faction. Because again, zero to two is a really big range. A really, if it was zero yep. to one, then I think he'd be good but not broken zero to two is a long way and if you're playing shit a, a swarm uh i he- heard you like Aiden every single turn he's he is now imperial bigs he has to die first yep um because yeah it's cool i died but i don't care because i'm still going to shoot you and also i get to shoot you at the initiative step that i'm destroyed which is fun because it uh messes with initiative orders very very weird um but yeah, I don't think he's that broken. I think he's very good, but I don't think he's broken because he's simple to understand. Uh, you just kill him first, yes. and I think at forty, I, th- I think at forty <laughs> points, he's he's too expensive to allow some of the lists that the Imperials would use to shine. Because, for example, if you're running a Sloan Swarm with Nash, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, uh, you can't fit those two really expensive cards in. So. I like the fact that he has flown in a five ship or lower, generally, um, and I think he's he's good for where he is. Where do we put him as far as best Star Wars names? Ooh. Is he? I, I, he has to be top ten all time. Surname great, first is name disappointing. From, is he from Tatooine? I mean, is he? You know, they, <laughs> no, he's from Alderaan. Oh, he's, uh, he's oh is he really? Wow. See, I don't know the lore on this. Mm. That's, I'm just staring at his. Uh, I'm staring it, at his it, wiki page. Is um, it, he's the one. Wait, He's the one that what's his in Lost Stars that she oh, was in love Sienna with Reed. Sienna Reed. No, that was Thane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thane, Thane is who That's Sienna Reed, but is in the same is in the same book. Real, which makes sense because it's the Sienna Reed yeah. expansion pack as well. Real quick though, um, <laughs> Ollie, uh, as you um, mm-hmm. as you mentioned before, I had someone today. One of my um, uh, my opponent actually, he referred to Hera as like her ability is able to pass that token, like as far as the 1.0 Manaru. The 1.0 Manaru was yeah. board wide, right? And it and it, it did it got me thinking for a minute. And that the fact that you brought up Nash being like range one to two or zero to two is huge. Like it, it really is. Yeah. Like it's it's a big difference. It's huge difference. It's a yeah. big difference. I because I mean I'm going slightly massy here, but if you it's a radius, and if you yep. increase the radius mm-hmm. by two, you're actually because it's a squared factor, you're increasing it by four times the amount. So you get four times bigger 
yeah ba basically um to, to keep it really nice and simple going from range one to range two is not twice as big it's four times as big you cover yes. four times the area if yeah. you go from range two to range three you cover four times the area so if you go from a range zero to one ability to a range zero to three ability it is a 16 times bigger bubble which is why so cool. abilities are so good suddenly when you can go range zero to three um, and range zero to two again, four times bigger. It's it's a massive, massive space. It's why Malarus is so ridiculous in a swarm list. Um, but yeah, it's I think there eventually there is going to be uh, that one of the best um, first order pilots is the I can't remember his name, but he's the big flappy shuttle pilot, uh, otherwise known as the Upsilon. Uh, that allows things to actually go out to range zero to three, and eventually they're going to forget about him and make an upgrade card. Yeah, that's Strident, isn't it? If I yeah. remember correctly, someone is going to forget, and the, it happened actually. I say eventually, it did happen because you're allowed to do it with the bubble, and the upsilon's deploying halfway. But eventually, they're going to forget about him again, and they're going to make an upgrade card in FO that says you can do this at range zero to one, and he just goes, "Hi, your entire list can have it," and then it's just like, "Oop, points up." But yeah. anyway, carry on. The, the takeaway on the radius thing, Vince, because I saw you checking out there, is always order yes. the large pizza. That's just the... Yeah, always order the large the pizza. Takeaway. I mean, because I did it's, that already uh, it's, on GP. Yeah. <laughs> it's three inches bigger, but <laughs> hey, three inches makes a difference. And we all, don't we all know it? Um, we heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, okay. Do I need to go get sandbags for what we're about to hear on Disciplined? Like, do I need to go hide under something? I thought it was only me. Is it, is it also Ollie? I thought it was just me that thought this was crazy. I, I'm pretty sure by the reactions I've seen, I'm pretty sure by the reactions I've been seeing during this show, Ollie's about to say some wild shit. So, st story time. Um, I shout out to Philip Vukic, the absolutely terrifying Polish Swarm player, because he's very, very good with Swarm. And we've been having a backs and forwards for about four years now where one of us batters the other repeatedly whenever we see each other. It's never a fair game. It's always just one-way stomp from one way or the other. Um, and this time was his turn. Uh, so I was flying the Rebel Sixes. I was flying the Falcon. I was flying Wedge and I was flying Hera. And I didn't know fully what Disciplined did because the trick with Disciplined is when you put it on an interceptor and take a target lock, that is an action, and you're then allowed to activate auto thrusters, neither boost or barrel roll afterwards, which means that the interceptor swarm that was at range two to three is suddenly up in your grill at range one. Now, I killed Nash. The, to give you context, the lists here, I was using the three rebels. Han was regenerate Han. Uh, the interceptors, there was five of them. He had Gideon. He had three sabers, all with disciplined, and he had Nash to make sure that one of them didn't die. I dived in with Wedge. Uh, the Falcon was sort of skirting around the edge and I killed Nash with Wedge and the Falcon thinking, right, I have to get it off. I'm going to take the disciplined hit because I'm far enough away. He had focused all of his ships. He boosted all of his ships after taking a target lock on my appropriate ships. Uh, and Wedge had taken a single point of damage. That was all I'd taken. And in one round of shooting with five ships, he killed Wedge with a single shot he then killed the Falcon from full health to zero. He did 19 damage in a single round of shooting, and I lost both a full health Falcon and a five health wedge. I have never wow. seen something do that ever in a game of X-Wing. And my brain was just like, I shut down. I was just like, this is the most broken list I've ever seen. I've, I cannot do it. I've tried. I've played this list three times, the Discipline Swarm, and it just doesn't work with me. But if you put this list in the hands of a skilled Swarm player, 
I am terrified. It's the. There's the other version as well that doesn't have to go into the hands of a particular school. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, That's not putting uh, well, anybody, on, anybody particular on blast yeah. with that one. <laughs> is this the striker one? No, I'm, I'm genuinely not. I'm, I, I'm just saying that it is, uh, it's an easy trigger. It's, um, it's a point and shoot list. It's very, it's a very genius yeah. list, and discipline makes it all work. Really but I mean, it also well. it also does rely on two up on the two most common upgrades being not only simply undercosted, disastrously undercosted. Yeah, thermal, Ther- thermal detonator for discipline, like. Wait, which I, list I, is that this? List does not, that that oh. list does not survive. I, I get what you're saying, Jeff. That Ollie. list doesn't survive the next point. Change. So, I'll hold on. Very quickly, out. Ollie, the list that we're talking about is Nash Windrider, and was it five strikers? No, it, was, it wasn't no, Nash. No, it was not, no, uh, Common yeah. Dominant. It is. It is. Oh, I didn't realize you could fit thermals in that as well. That yep. just made it worse. It's like four, four or five sets of thermals on everyone. With a bid. Yeah. With a seven-point bid. With yeah. a six-point yeah. right. bid. So the thing that I am terrified of, and if, if yeah, it is the strikers with Goran, so they bump, they get a red focus, yep. and then they do their blue move because yes. they're strikers. I'm actually a lot more scared of the focus evade striker than I am of the focus target lock striker. Because a full swarm of focus evade ships, which which I think is is better for them, because they rock up and they go, cool, you do not kill a ship in the first engagement because we're range three. I'm going to shoot five three-dice guns at you, and you're shooting me back with focus of eight. And I, I'm, I'm at range three. I've got three of eight dice. We then go into range one, and I go, cool, I'm going to let you kill one of my ships. Here you go. Here's a present. Oh, look, I've got target locks. The rest of your list yep. just died. There it is. Right. That's the ultimate token stack because you're going into a fight with focus evade, then you lose a ship, and then it's and now yeah. all, me and all my friends all have target locks. Like it's yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think the, the yeah. giving Fuck. ships access to focus evade has been something that the game designers have tried to avoid doing for such a very long time. I think allowing them to do it with common Goron is dangerous. And I, I don't think they fully considered how people would use the, I Obviously, they understood it existed. But I think Commandant Goran is... It, it depends on if someone manages to do well with the list, as it always does. Uh, but I, I feel like it's going to be dangerous if someone manages to work it out properly. And I think with the thermals, that's even worse. Um, well, it won a major tournament. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think we're going to start to see it do do a lot more, I think it's it's going to be very good i just uh, it it was remarkable to me just how like the the ships would would take out a striker or two striker the, the opposing uh, list would take out a striker or two strikers and then everything with discipline and the thermal detonators would kick yeah. in and the the list oh. goes from 40 points down I think that was the big thing, Ollie, is that the on engagement, the rebel player had totally wiped a striker off the board, and the Empire player still won like a ship down. He, he lost two. two strikers. I went. And he he still still I went back it? and watched. Oh and he got my two. gosh! In the first yep. engagement. Oof. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's yep. God. That's what do you spend points on in this list to make it uh, two hundred? Uh, I mean, you can fit. You can fit a stealth device in Goron if you want. Yep. Jeez. 
no, because it'd be an eight. That'd be eight points. No, I've already got all my thermals. I've got disciplined on everything. I've got thermals uh, and everything. I'm not running Nash. That's why he... I'm not running Nash. Oh, no Nash in that list. It was just Commander Gorin with Predator, I believe. And then the four or five. Yeah, okay, why, why take Predator? Just give, give him a stealth device. Make yep, sure he doesn't exactly. die. No, so, you're fine. That's perfect, that's, uh, right? Y'all it... <laughs> <fell on this, laughs> <laughs> Imperial players, you heard it here first. Like <laughs> Your yeah, leader if, and ruler has told you what to do with the, uh, with the Gorin Swarm. Turns out, if your focus monkey doesn't die, then yep. you win the game. Kanan, right? What? Oh. Or you win the game anyway. So if Matt Carey actually Matt Carey made this beautiful move in one of the games against this list where he he zipped forward five so that he was in the teeth of the list so that he could get a proton rocket shot on Commandant and he killed Commandant. Still still lost yeah, the game. Yeah, because everything yeah. still gets target locked. Everybody everybody collected their target locks and it was just so too much. I mean it was, it was this is my point, though, on Nash, is that Nash makes every list better because you can also fit three disciplined thermal detonator strikers with disciplined Goran and disciplined Nash, and I've still got four points wow. to spend. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's if, yeah, that's not very nice. That's, that's not very nice. And, ooh, you sure Rebels if, are a top-tier faction? If you, <laughs> I'm not hearing anything like we could do to compete with this bullshit. If if you wanted to, and I'm I'm not normally a fan of sensitive controls, but on an initiative two and initiative four that is running around with a bunch of strikers, you can put sensitive controls on both of those interceptors and allow them to boost and barrel roll before they move. It's a Which red is boost, fun. isn't it? Uh, yep. Yeah, it's a red boost or a red barrel roll, but it means you're never stressed because you do the red boost, red roll, do your blue, and then you're fine. Yeah. And, you get the and blocks, it's in the system phase as well. So if you need to be bumping your own strikers to give them that focus mm -hmm. token, then you can run Nash at the front and barrel roll into the way of things as they need to bump. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, the reason that I do think Rebels are still a good faction is because I played a 5A wing game against the Interceptor version recently, and I won the game. I lost one and a half A wings, but I won the game because I didn't kill a single ship and I halved four of them. <laughs> That's the most Ollie Pogno win I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> He's like, cool, we've got disciplined. Let's never use that ability. How do you even how do you even a win like that? It's like, uh, oh, I really I really put a lot of stress on their supply lanes and their mechanics. <laughs> so that you Hey, hey, look, one of the best episodes ever of Battlestar Galactica is that is basically that that scenario. It's thirty three minutes. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you you Oh, but geez. yeah, no, I don't think it works in. Uh, I don't think it works in X Wing. It, it, it does oh, when you're the most God. wholesome man on the planet, Ali Parkno. There you I go. I mean, I I still I still remember Euros 2016. In I won f three rounds and I killed one ship. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's and that crazy. ship was the Sabine without... Tie Fighter. I cannot win a game without killing sixty percent of my opponent's list. Nah, like, I am I am too much of a chess player. Like attrition is how I win. This is how I win. Yeah, that was that was back in that that was Paratani meta well, though. So like, I just I halved a Sarge and Manaru in like two games. Hold on, this is this is a Star Wars podcast. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from uh, a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to mention, Ollie is not gonna is not gonna raise up his next disciple only for you to slay. Uh, no, it's uh, it, I, I've I've always 
enjoyed thinking about the game in that way. I, I never go into a game thinking, right, my aim is destruction. Yep. My, my aim is to win. If my win condition is to make sure that I kill that ship and then don't die, then that's fine. Um, and I have leaned into list building that way because I tend to get wins that way. I think because my opponents are normally trying to kill me and because I'm not trying to do the same thing, it allows me an easier win than if I was trying to wipe them out as well. So sage advice. Uh, because if you're not if you're not going for the same win condition and if your opponent doesn't understand his win condition, then that also helps. Also, I feel like, because we talked about Goran, we talked about Nash, I feel like there is... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a sad shout out to Lieutenant Laurier and Voltskeris. Yeah. Um Aww, Lieutenant Laurier got so Laurier, much he, he is better. Um and he's a Star Viper and an Interceptor. He has the problem of being an initiative three interceptor, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um I actually think that Skeris, both in the Defender and in the Interceptor, is good, uh, but only if you have a coordinate monkey. Um so yeah. if you are willing to run a list with coordinate in it, then I think Voltscarus automatically goes into that list because being able to coordinate, do his move, and then activate his yes. combat phase is amazing. And I actually think that both Sienna Ree and Gideon Hask don't deserve a lot of the hate they're getting. Um, I'm sad about Sienna, and I will probably never fly yeah, her. me too. Because it doesn't like... <laughs> it's, the, the irony is she is better in a list that kills things. Okay, so if if your purpose in a game is to wipe out your opponent, Sienery works really well because you're running a more jousty list and it doesn't matter so much if you get double stress tokens, go over the top of someone because Sienery, in the way that I play, I'm going to accidentally kill something because dice are involved. I'm going to roll in. Yep. I'm going to yep. I'm going to intend to do two damage to it and my opponent's going to yep. blank out. I'm going to kill it and I'm going to lose the game because yep. my initiative six suddenly dies because she's double stressed. Right. And you heard it here first, Ollie Pognell finally admitting that his dice are fuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute bullshit. How, how many how many games have you have you had a shot on a ship and you and you you know they had the chance to spend a token to stay alive? But if 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 Sienna's stressed and they're yeah. like, oh, right, like next turn, yeah, exactly. I'll not and, spend the token, my ship will yeah. die, and, that's, and she's that's dead. That's the thing. So if uh, if your opponent is is aware of that, then I think that can play to your advantage. If you're Dale Cromwell and just joust people, then Sienna shoots first every time. Okay, she gets double stressed. Cool, doesn't matter. I've killed something, and then Sintir and Vader, because I assume he's running three sixes because he's Dale. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. Like. <laughs> <laughs> why why are they not why are they not gonna then okay sienna killed something awesome these two are going to shoot your next ship and probably kill that and then i'm going to go and win the game and it doesn't matter if my ship is double stressed so i think sienna actually works really well um i want to see someone try and leverage swarm tactics on her because i think as a jouster she's a great ship so i think swarm tactics in a jousty imperial list because she can run at like 55-ish with Swarm Tactics. I think that could be good. Yep. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. There's there's a lot of really fun list-building opportunities with, especially like Sienna with Swarm Tactics and Gideon, plus another couple of things. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. I, I can see some of these things being a thing. It sort of feels like Sienna Re was, uh, was another example of FFG's designers sort of having this the idea about false mirror image hmm. thing going on. Yeah, so Thane Sienna. He's got, 
Yeah, she's got something that happens when this happens, and then she's got the opposite thing that happens when this happens. Yeah. The problem is that those two things, one of them is much worse than the other one is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it and that you know that's difficult. Like you said, in some cases, you can maybe make it so that it doesn't really hurt you. Hmm. Um, but in in a vacuum, there needs to be something that goes along with that removes one stress token that yeah. that. Uh, that makes her more valuable. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of really cool things there. And I think what we're going to see is as people eventually get past the whole, oh my God, discipline is broken. Oh my God, Nash is broken. Goran's amazing. Because they are those things. But I think as you start to, <laughs> yeah, they are. Like, don't get me wrong. They're, they are the real shining stars of this pack. But you're going to see people expanding deeper, really flexing their list building muscles. And yeah. you're going to see a lot of really cool things coming out of this pack. I think same thing. I'm going to mention the Vader word. I think no, I, no, I've made. No, I know I've, I've made a good Vessery double tapping list. I, I think you can get a good, um, I cut whatever the special um, config on it is. I think you Defender can really. get a good. Defender. There, there we go. Yeah. I, th I, th I keep on want to call it tidy, but I know it's not. Um, yeah, but I think you are going to get some good lists with that in. Um, they're different. They are operating weird. But again, give people toys, and I think they'll play with them and see what comes out, and you'll see some cool stuff. I, I think the Defender Elite is one of those cards where it, every in every case where you really want to have a defender, like everything that a defender really brings to the table, the defender elite takes away <laughs> from the defender. Yeah. So it's, I, it's I just, turning like, on its head. I don't, I don't really, well, this would be a great card on a different chassis, but mm. you've given me this defender chassis ability and these, these, these powers, and then you've taken them away from me. And, and I just, and, and do you want me to pay points for that? Mm. But that's that's why I'm I, I'm struggling at the moment. I'm struggling to build it, and what I'm what I tried to do with it is I tried to stop thinking about it as a defender, and I started looking for a similar ship in another faction that was like that ship, and I came to the T70 because with only a single mod, okay, it's got three green dice, but actually the T70 is a jouster. It is a big, beefy, bulky jouster, and that's what you turn the defender elite into when you put that upgrade on. It doesn't get three of a token. It actually likes to go slow. So what would I like around a T70? If I had an expensive T70 that did a butt ton of damage, essentially I, I would like to compare the Defender Elite to a Torpedo T70, something that, because the Defender Elite with a cannon will probably do similar amounts of damage to a spike torpedo if you allow it to free fire. So what would I therefore put around a T70 that's expensive and maybe has some coordinate support to make it effective. And I then went, okay, can I build an Imperial list that looks a bit more like that with a support ship and another scary jouster and a defender or a support. Are you, are you uh, talking about something rack. like a Reaper? Yeah, exactly. Like Reaper support, like Chuck fifth brother in there. Cause he's one of the best jousters Imperials have a uh, fifth brother, homie missile kind of deal. Um, or you run, uh, I mean, Defender mm. Rack I don't like so much because you need other things to defend around the Defender and make sure it doesn't get hammered. You want the Defender to be running... No, it's, I know, I double it's true, though. It's true, though. Um, yeah. No, I, I, just think it's, I just think it's funny that it's it, when you put the, the Defender Elite title on it, the name of the Defender stops being yeah. applicable. It's like, it's, I'm, 
I'm now the puppy. Yeah. Hello. He's he's a squishy one. But if you set him up in a list, and I th- I think what was the list I made? I think it was Death Rain. I made a list with Death Rain with passive sensors, Fifth Brother with passive sensors, and Vessery, all initiative four. And it was basically something you never want to be in front of because you get a Tragsim bomb to the face, then you get a tractor beam followed by Vessery's target lock shot, and then you get Fifth Brother homing missiles. Oof. It was yeah. It was like it was a full on wombo combo. Um but yeah, like I think there's some things like that that are gonna are gonna come out. Oh yeah, that was it. And I put um Diamond Boron on Death Rain because once Vessery attracted being something, even though the agility of the ship that's defending goes down, for the Diamond Boron it still reads the original agility. So yep. the ships around uh, it right. still roll Oof. that place. That's cool. I like that. Thermite's on Death Rain for the for the old four action turn. Oh yeah. Yeah, like thermals, protons, diamond boron, advanced proton torpedo. Like he's he's a chunky boy. <laughs> so basically, in other words, in other words, Death Rain is screaming "shoot me" instead of this. Yeah, exactly. Defender. And then you've also got Fifth Brother, yeah. who also screams "shoot me." And then who do, right. who do you want to kill? Like, do you want to kill the guys who set up yeah. the target lock for Vessery, or do you want to kill Vessery? Yeah, I think. And you could choose to shoot at the tie defender, but then you run the risk of him going ham on his green yeah. dice it's still three agility. and you get nothing out of it you know a couple of, a couple of really good green yeah. dice rolls and you're like oh wow i mm. wish i hadn't shot that defender yep. oh that's interesting yeah okay. so like there's i completely agree with you it's not a defender anymore it completely takes what a defender is and gets rid of it but it's open without making a new ship for the imperials it's allowed them to have a new ship. I think uh, actually having somebody defend the TIE Defender standardization is probably as good as a new ideas we're going to get on this show to end on. Ollie, thank you always for uh, making time for us. As always, man, you bring some some ideas that I know the three of us didn't have. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, I'm stealing from lots of different places. I'm trying to think of things myself, but new points is always fun. And I, I love seeing the things that other people do with new points as well, so... Yeah, play lots of games, throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks, and uh, it's probably not going to be right, and you'll just jump on the next net list anyway. But who knows? You might be the one who makes the next net list. <laughs> <It's a little laughs> more, that was the more shade than I expected. All he just said, man, fuck. No, sorry, like, like that wasn't intended at, at you guys. That was just in general, like ev- everyone out there. God, sorry. That... <laughs> yeah, no, but like to to the to the listeners, to the listeners. Maybe maybe try list building yourself. Don't just listen to us, and maybe we've got it wrong. I don't know. Our official liaison Absolutely. officer to uh, the European meta and to the higher the, the higher echelon of X wings, Mr. Oliver Pocknell, Everybody, <laughs> Jeff and Drew, sign off how you prefer. Have yeah, a good, good one. Week. Take care, Ollie. You get your own sign off. Oh, thanks for having me on as always and talking nonsense. It's great. No, no, no. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Better. Thank you everyone for listening to this special Sunday edition of the Fangs Out podcast, and we will of course talk to you again next week. 